everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Friday, June, May, I don't know what month it is anymore, May 29th. And uh, it is Conversation Friday, we're keeping this going. Today on the podcast, I have a dear close friend of mine, um, Janet Ikba. And Janet is, I said it right, Janet. We did. <laughs> um, Janet is a member of our church uh, at Real San Francisco, has been a member for a while. You'll hear about that in a second. Um, but she, she's a friend of Ashley, myself. She comes over for Thanksgiving dinner, watches our dog Prince, like this, that, kind of, that kind of thing. And uh, I asked her at the beginning, this week we've been doing a deep dive in the topic of identity. And, um, and we were on a, on a call, a chat earlier, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, or a week ago, I forget. And we were planning out the content for this podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, this week. And at the end, uh, your name came up and people were like, we need to interview Janet about identity because she has a lot to say about identity. I'm like, yes, that's a great idea. So we had this plan for a couple of weeks. And then, of course, everything that happened in our news this week has kind of blown blown up and all this stuff. So actually, this is a really timely thing. But anyway, I just want to say hi, Janet. You can say hi. Hello. Hello, friends. <laughs> I was talking for a long time before you said hi. Sorry. Um, well, first of all, Janet, tell us about yourself. Yeah, definitely. One, I'm super excited to be on this podcast. Um, you know, I never wanted to do a sermon, but podcasts I could do. Uh, uh-huh. So for everyone, uh, my name is Janet. Um, I am born um, uh, from Nigeria. Uh, raised in LA. I'm a proud member of the Reality San Francisco family and have been going to the church for about five years in June. Super excited to hit my big five. Um, I'm part of the Lower Pack Heights CG. Um, we call ourselves the original six pack. And um, honestly, I serve in a number of capacities with the church. Um, I honestly just try to help wherever I can. And so most notably, some of you have probably seen um, me partnering on the All Church Survey that's happened the last couple of years. Um, and right now I'm helping shepherd our race and belonging cohort alongside uh, Jess Grisowski. Beautiful. Um, okay, so let's talk about why you think the conversation about identity in the Christian community is so important. Why is this topic so important to you? And what have, yeah, kind of what have you learned about it? What's the work you've been doing in and around this topic of identity? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like right now more than ever, it's really important that we talk about Uh, where our true identity lies. Uh, I think it's important because uh, we often allow society and external factors to define us as individuals, to qualify us as individuals and ascribe us our value. And so um, just to take you back, when I joined Reality in the summer of 2015, um, it was right after the Charleston Church shooting. And for me, this was a really pivotal moment in my Christianity and faith walk. Uh, I was at that time sort of taking a break from church for a short while, you know, I was like spiritual. I was like, I like God, but like, I just don't want to go to church, like and all the things that church means. And so um, when this situation happened, I was really frustrated with God and this particular situation. And frankly, I knew nowhere else to be and nowhere else to go other than church. It was sort of like the last house, right, that I I had to go to. And so um, I called my friend Eugene, and he's that guy. He's that guy who every time he grabbed coffee, he was like, you should come to church. Let me tell you about my church. My pastor's cool. Um, And so he was the first person that I thought of to call. And um, in loving uh, manner, he met me outside. He walked me upstairs and sat with me. Um, And he sat beside me as I wept through the sermon that you gave, Dave, on Micah 618. 
Uh, this was back at like Sheriff Israel, which oh, yeah. um, for that summer. And what's funny is I lived in Lower Pack Heights. And so if the church was in mission, I would have been like, yeah, no, that's so far. But I had no mm. other option. And so all of it was God's divine timing. Um, mm. And that verse was really about like acting justly, um, loving mercy and humbly with your God. And in that moment, even though I was in great pain, I felt like um, what it felt like to have this, uh, the faith the size of a mustard seed. Mm. And I was able to really reclaim my identity as a follower because I knew that I was beloved because God met me in that particular moment and I heard him really clearly. Um, so fast forward a few years later to 2017, another tragic incident happened similar to the Charleston Church shooting. And um, I heard super clearly from God to actually look you up. And I spiraled down this YouTube rabbit hole and ended up on the Identity Sermon series and all the related material. And it really blew my mind. It was identity quaking, right, in like mm -hmm. a way. Um, and for the millennials out there, it was like the Mr. Krabs moment. I was spinning and <laughs> it really led me to do three I, things. Honestly, I, wait, before you go on, I have no idea what that means. That's such a millennial it is. cut. I don't know. Um, I hope Gen X. I hope you get messages from folks like, I understand the millennial moment that she just gave. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that moment. Anyway, um, so, yeah, you said it was, it was kind of spinning you out, like, right, a couple things or a few things. Yeah. And so the things that came to mind for me was um, I needed to rethink the order of my life, like what my priorities were. Uh, I then needed to deeply reflect about what I was striving for and why and what was inspiring that. And then it really made me question which identities I was prioritizing over being a follower and um, really being somebody who is grounded in God's love. It posed this question for me every, every single time. It was, um, if someone asked me to describe myself, would being Christian and beloved child of God be something that would come out of my mouth? Why or why not? And uh, for me, that was a game changer because I knew that I was using external factors to define myself, to qualify myself, and to internalize those ascribed values. And in the conversations I've been having with others in our community about identity, it's the exact same. Um, and so I do believe that this conversation is one that needs to be explored um, with yeah. the church community. So what does it like mean to you to be, you know, to see yourself as a Christian, to be a Christian and interface with so many other aspects of your identity? Because I think this is the thing, like how do they all come together? All these things that are true about ourselves, how does it, how does it come mm -hmm. under and fall into the interface of being like beloved to God or a Christian? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I think that as Christians, we are told that being Christian is our primary identity, right? It's that being beloved. But in this sin-fallen world, it's so easy for that identity to take the back seat um, to the many other identities that we have that are present. And especially right now, and I'd say in the U.S. in particular, I think people can relate. Like, adding yourself as a Christian is truly a Russian roulette toss. Like, you're going to get mixed responses ranging from, like, being openly embraced um, to being shunned and, honestly, to being feared. And that's mm. because society sees um, us Christians as a whole we carry the communal praise or the communal sin. Wow. And that's yeah. really heavy. And so it's really critical that for us as believers, we understand the core of who we are and we can persevere and live into that God-ordained truth. Um, and at the core, that truest thing is that God loves us and that we are his beloved. Because if we're not able to live into that core truth, then other people are going to de define who we are for us as individuals and as, as a community. And so... Um, 
something I want to just hit is that in your question, I think you kind of start hinting towards this concept of intersectionality. Now, there are many ways in which people use this word, and I want to be really clear and specific about how I'm using it here. Um, yeah, for the me, word gets really loaded. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It gets like I, I, ideological. Yeah what, do, yeah, yeah, what do you mean by it? So intersectionality here is the reality that each of us have overlapping identities that impact our experiences, including and especially our relationship with God. So, yeah. for example, um, you know, as Christians, we don't do a good job teaching how to live into our balanced intersectional identities. So it's this concept of I am Christian and a man. That's you, Dave. I am Christian and a nurse. My mom. I am Christian and a parent. That's Ash. I am Christian and adopted. I am Christian and dot, 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 right? Yeah. It's the other yeah, yeah. things that come with the true identity, right? And yeah. for me personally, I own the parts of who and how God has made me. And um, I lead with, uh, uh, with more than others. And there are some times that some of those identities are more challenging or that I'm embracing more. Um, but each of them makes me who I am, which is that beloved child of God. And so mm -hmm. at large, these parts inform the way that I look at the world, the way I interact with the world, and the way that the world treats me. And honestly, that can be a challenge. But, um, you know, if I reject those parts or fail to acknowledge those parts, aka my ands, um, then I'm also rejecting God. And these are identities are all gifts from God and complement the work that he's doing in and through me. And so it's really important that I acknowledge them. And, you know, Dave, it's taken me some, some time <laughs> to get to this point, yeah. you know. Um, there's no eureka moment where you just like, it just happens. Like as individuals, um, we need to be willing to do the work. And I know you are huge on doing the work. Um, and yeah. we have to be um, willing to explore the and with God. And for yeah. me, it required reading scripture. It required conversations with other believers of varying backgrounds. It required deep reflection. And in some cases, lamentation. And doing that yeah. all with God, not in spite of God. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. What I, yeah, what, like what I'm hearing you say, and I think this is really important, is the integration of it all. Mm -hmm. Like how important it is to integrate these things, everything about you. Because if you don't integrate them, then you're, you have this tendency to compartmentalize things to where you compartmentalize um, uh, race or sexuality or gender or even past trauma. You just come... And you don't, you don't integrate that. And I think that's really, really, really huge. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when I'm faced with these identity challenges and honestly, like I'm faced with them all the time, like on a weekly yeah. basis, it's not just when I'm having yeah. a quarter life crisis, right? Um, I have to pause and ask myself a specific set of questions. And I actually do a lot of journaling around these questions when it happens. Um, and for me, those questions are, Hey, Janet, what identity is most prominent for you right now? What's showing up? Mm -hmm. And I have to ask myself why it's showing up um, because there's usually external factors that are inspiring it. And then from there, I really go into conversation with God, right? And it's Father God, what do you want to say to me? And mm -hmm. who do you want to remind me that I am? Mm -hmm. And sometimes those could be any of those identities, um, but oftentimes it's that I am beloved. And, you know, I end, I end that reflection time with a prayer that's just, Father God, help me 
remind me of who I am. Hmm. So an example of that would be if you're, if you're going through a, a specific um, difficulty in your life or an identity challenge, when you say what identity am I most was prominent for me, like for you, for an example, would it be like working in tech or like being black or being a woman? Is it like one of those things that you tend to, and then you sit with that and go, what, what is that God? Yeah. What do you, what do you have for me there? How, how do I integrate that? How yeah. do I integrate that into my belovedness? That sort of thing. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks ago with all this COVID stuff, I was really nervous. Like I was going to lose my job. Right. It's just like this low grade anxiety that we all have. And because yeah. I kept feeling that I had to stop and ask like, God, what identity is most prominent in me feeling like I'm going to lose my job. Mm. And that's because I'm a provider to like my immediate family. Like, okay, so mm. identity is a provider. So why is that yes. showing up? Right. Oh, so it's like, I had to walk through that. And it's like, God, what do you want to say to me? And what he said is really clear. He's like, you're beloved and I got you. And then mm. it's like, God, remind me and help me <laughs> um, in order to make sure that I remember this. So that's just an example. Preach. That's good. <laughs> that's just an example. That was so good. Um, okay. So here, here's a question. I mean, everything that's gone on in our, in our, in our world this last week, what has your experience been around identity as a, as a black woman with, with the Ahmad's and George and um, Briona and Sandra's like all the stuff that continues to, to, to pop up on our newsfeed. Yeah. I just, how, what has it been like your experience as a black woman um, that loves Jesus, that is redeemed of Christ, um, seeing all of this stuff continue to happen? What has experience been like for you? Yeah. Um, I know that's like a hard it, question. It is. And I feel like if everyone could like see my face, it's like this stun, <laughs> but um, it's pretty much insert Mr. Crab's meme here. Um, shout out millennials. Um, but, you know, firstly, I want to say that, um, and Dave, I know you know this, um, that I can't speak for the total and collective black experience. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, we all have different backgrounds, experiences, process things differently. So I can really only speak for myself. But because of the line of work that I do, um, I have definitely had conversations with hundreds of other members of the black Christian community. Uh, and there are definitely some themes um, through our experiences. And so I just want to caveat with that. Um, but Dave, shortly put, moments like what we've seen with Ahmad, George, Brianna, Sandra, and the many more, um, you know, they're really jarring experiences for me. Um, personally, I hold multiple identities, but the ones that are most prominent and salient for me are that I'm beloved by God and I'm a black woman who is an older sister and a daughter. So depending on the day, the situation, the story, different aspects of those identities are rotating um, alongside my core identity of being beloved. So um, like, let's take Sandra, for example, <clears throat> I really relate to her a lot because she's a black Christian woman. I actually work with her sister um, who uh, got her degree in education, uh, was driving to job training and was pulled over and later found dead. For me, that rocked my world because there were so many similar similarities between us. Um, I too have a master's degree in education. I too would have been driving to my job um, on a college campus. I too would have um, asked questions if I were pulled over. Hmm. And hmm. I know that some people um, have a hard time understanding uh, the, like the black communities, like collective frustration and sadness for particular incidences like this um, when it hmm. happens. Gosh. And the reason why it's so heavy 
is that person that is in the news was a part of our collective community. Hmm. And we often know somebody who reminds us of that person. And like that person is like our friend, our brother, our sister, and they remind us of ourselves sometimes. And so Sandra reminds me of me. And um, even with like Trayvon, right? Yeah. He was the same age as my youngest brother. Um, And I think he was about the same height. Um, And my youngest brother would go to the 7-Eleven down the block from our house um, with his hard earned um, money from his uh, 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 work at Knott's Berry Farm, um, would buy our family Arizona iced teas and candy. My favorite was Snickers. His favorite was actually Skittles. And he would do that all wearing his volleyball hoodie that he would just take out of his car because it was just like the easiest thing. And so that really caused quakes for me, right? Because I know someone just like Trayvon. Um, And so, you know, completely honestly, in those moments, I feel a range of emotions. I feel scared. Um, I feel confused, frustrated, overwhelmed, bewildered. Um, And at the core, I, you know, I really just feel unsafe. Um, And really anything (laughs) but beloved, like that's just, Um, you know, the long and short of it. And, you know, I feel all of those feelings, not just for myself, but it's magnified. Uh, I feel that for my family. I feel that for my friends. Um, I feel that for my immediate community and the broader black collective community, both in the U.S. and elsewhere. Um, And even outside of the black community, I feel all of those emotions for um, my Latinx, Asian Pacific Islander friends, especially right now, um, Native Indigenous brothers and sisters who are going through their own set of issues that are getting the attention that the black and white binary often get. Um, And so, you know, all of that. And then I also fear um, that it's going to get repeated, right? I have this huge anxiety around copycat incidents. It's like, okay, so my family is good and my friends are good and my community is good, but you know, don't go out running. Don't do yeah. it until we know we're safe because it could happen again. Yeah. And I feel that deeply and hear that deeply every single time. Um, and, you know, for me, when I think about this current COVID situation, it is absolutely terrifying <laughs> and um, challenging. But, you know, at the deepest self, um, I am less afraid of losing my job because I know God's got me. But I'm absolutely terrified of losing my life um, as a result of this stuff and I'm you know right now I'm going outside with a mask on um looking really tired wearing sweatpants and that (laughs) that on its own is really risky and it's a heavy burden to carry you know um yeah and so for me how I've just navigated this is over the last few years I've really become a fan of Job and David and have really tried to follow in their footsteps so when these incidents happen I give myself the space and the time to process. Um, And I don't just uh, lament to other people. I go to God, um, usually first, (laughs) Um, maybe not like day one and maybe not day two, but I'm not gonna talk to other people before I talk to God. I at least try not to do that. And I pour all of my anger, my fear, my disappointment. I like kickbox if I have to, just like really trying to get it out. And I ask myself reflective questions so I can pinpoint where I am in, in just processing this. Um, and when I feel safe, I go to members of my community who have reached out to check in on me. And oftentimes these people check in on me and like, they don't even know exactly what to say, but they send texts or voicemails that say something like, um, Hey Janet, I can't imagine how you feel right now, but I want you to know that you're loved by me and God. 
and I'm here for you if and when you need. And my favorite line, this is like, this is the Oreo cream filling, is don't feel <laughs> obligated to respond. Like mm, that yeah. whole, do not feel obligated to perform <laughs> or like have to yeah. say something right now. Um, and it gives me tremendous freedom and space to continue um, to process. And, you know, once I have that space, I then tend to feel some type of solace in, you know, looking at the future. And then the fact that like throughout our life, God will give us different types of identities, you know, um, not just this particular moment. And these identities are going to morph and they're going to transition through life. And, you know, we will drop and add any of these achieved and ascribed identities. Um, and, you know, for me, the question is like, you know, which identity is at my core and will remain at my core, deeply rooted, regardless of the life shifts, regardless of the, um, you know, Earth's um, shifts and regardless of like these incidents. Um, and that should be and is for me that I'm beloved by God. Amen. That's just so good. Um, I've learned so much from you. I, um, in, in regards with your identity and I see it, I think I see your, your, the reason why I really, really wanted you to speak into this week is I've seen you do the hard work of, of integrating, uh, all the, the parts of who you are under that, the fact, the reality that you're the beloved of Christ. I've seen you do that work. I've seen you take the teachings that we've given on it and all this stuff. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this in a, in a way where it is difficult for, it could be, it could be more challenging. It could be more work to do that as a, um, a black woman who's actually in the technology space in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. That's just like all of that and taking your belovedness down um, to the core and then rooting everything after that. So um I just, I love you. I'm, I'm just grateful that you suggested this. Also, mm. I think Prince senses you because he's been barking. He knows this I'm whole here. Podcast, he knows I'm here. Like right next to me. He's like, <laughs> if you, I think if you pick him it. up, he's going to go crazy. Don't do I it. Know. <laughs> I know he will. All right. Well, bless you, Sue. Thank you so much for, um, for, for saying yes to this. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, and spending so much time thinking about, um, about this topic and integrating it. So blessings to you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you.